So now it's been just over three months since I hired my virtual analyst, and we have been able to consistently underwrite one to two deals every single day. So we're usually at somewhere between seven to 10 deals fully underwritten in a week, which is so much more than I would be able to do on my own. Welcome to School of Success, the podcast that will help you reach your goals and become the success story you've always dreamed of. Join us on our journey as we explore the strategies, tools, and tactics needed to build health, wealth, and personal development. Together, we'll uncover the secrets to living life to its fullest with host Brandon Hicks. So let's get started and make your dreams come true. Welcome back to School of Success. Today, we are going to cover hiring an analyst. So about three months ago, I decided that I wanted to hire an analyst. And the reason I did that was because I started in quarter four last year planning out 2023. And I said that my goal was to buy $10 million of self-storage in 2023. And so I worked backwards from that goal and said, okay, if I want to hit that much real estate, how many properties do I need to buy? And from there, if I want to buy that many properties, how many do I need to analyze? How many do I need to look at. And so when I worked backwards from the amount of real estate I wanted to buy to the number of properties that meant I needed to buy to how many deals I would need to look at, I knew that I couldn't underwrite that many deals myself while also still achieving my other goals, personal goals, social media, all these other things that I wanted to do. So I knew that it made the most sense for me to hire and then delegate a lot of this work. And so what I ended up doing was I turned to Upwork for the first time. My first two virtual assistants, I had actually hired through an agency. I've touched on this in previous episodes, but when you go through an agency, you end up spending more money upfront and they will connect you with qualified candidates, which has actually worked out quite well for me, but you do pay a lot of money upfront. And so because of that, there's a little bit of risk that if the agency doesn't provide perform well or that they connect you with someone poor that you actually end up losing money up front. And that was something that I didn't want to risk this time. And I also felt that because I've gone through the process so many times, I now had a little bit more confidence to hire directly. I also had joined Action Academy and in there, there was a module about how to hire using Upwork. So I now all of a sudden had a lot more confidence to hire directly. So that's what I did. So the posting was basically for a virtual analyst and some of the key descriptions in there was must have commercial real estate experience. I really wanted someone who already understood how to underwrite. I wanted them to have that full understanding so that I was not teaching every step of the process. I also wanted someone who loves data and spreadsheets. So I understand spreadsheets and I'm interested in data, but it's not something that I absolutely love. And because of that, I wouldn't want to be staring at a spreadsheet all day long, but there are people who do. And so what I wanted was someone who actually really enjoys this because day in and day out, my current virtual analyst is analyzing one to two deals a day. By the end of a week or two weeks, I'd be burnt out from doing that, but she really loves it. So that's finding the right person for the job there. I also wanted strong written and verbal English. Again, it's very important that you're able to communicate back and forth daily, right? Not only are we underwriting deals, but we need to be able to communicate with each other about what works, what doesn't work. In general, to overcome the language barrier can be tough, but then to throw in the technical nature of underwriting would make it even more challenging. So that was something that was really important for me as well. And then lastly, what I listed out was here are the key tasks that you're going to do. It's market research, it's analyzing and underwriting the property, and it's communicating those results and deciding what properties that you think 
we should underwrite. So it's not just going to be a specific task that gets delegated. There's going to be some critical thinking that's involved here. And so I wanted to make sure that the candidates who were applying understood that up front. And then the last thing that I think is really important, especially if you're working with virtual assistants, is you want to let them know that you are a growing company and your intention is to develop that person. Whatever that means within your business, it might mean that your analyst becomes a lead analyst or your analyst becomes a manager of analysts. So let's say next year, my goal is to buy $30 million of real estate. Maybe I need two analysts now, but I no longer need to be the one that onboards the virtual analyst. My analyst now, after let's say a year of doing this work is going to be the expert. She's going to know the exact process. She will have by that time built a lot of the process. That's another thing that I'm delegating is, Hey, you're the one doing this day in and day out. Can you document your process? So how you pull in the information from the profit and loss statement, how you pull in the rent roll, how you're tweaking these numbers. Can you document this? I don't need to do this anymore. That was what I used to do about a year ago. And I actually do enjoy documenting the process. But now I'm trying to take a step back, focus a little bit more working on the business and delegate some of this documentation work that when I did not have a virtual assistant, I had to do. But now that I have two virtual assistants, I am working to delegate that. And so by giving them kind of a glimpse into the future of, hey, if all goes well, I'm expecting that I will need to hire another analyst and I would want you to be in charge or to manage that additional employee. So I think that's really important because, you know, with anybody, they want to know what the growth opportunities are. As a leader, as a business owner, you want to provide a clear vision and path of progress for your employees. And so by putting that in the job description, you can hopefully find candidates that are very excited about growing as well. And so I got a number of candidates, maybe it was 10 or so. I know for cold callers, you actually can get like hundreds of candidates or even executive assistants. That's a very common position. So you could potentially get hundreds of candidates to apply. And then you've got a lot of work to do to go through all of those. With an analyst, I found that it was a little bit different. I had about 10 or so candidates, maybe 30, 40% of those were strong candidates that I ended up spending time talking with. But one little trick that I've learned over the year of doing this is called the carrot test. And so that is basically putting in your message to that candidate. Hey, thanks for reaching out. Let's schedule a call. And in your next message, reply with the word carrot. And so it seems silly. It seems like super basic. And this was the first time that I had implemented this. And sure enough, a couple people did not reply with the word carrot. They just brushed right over it. They answered my other questions. And what that tells me is that even on day one, they're lacking attention to detail. It's something small, but in the beginning, when you're most focused, you're trying to get the job, that's where your attention to detail in theory is going to be the highest. And if you're missing something as simple as just replying with the word carrot, then that's going to be a concern for me, especially in a position that is really going to be data driven. So I actually, that helped eliminate a couple of the candidates. And what worked really well for me, and I got a little lucky here, is that Raquel, who I ended up hiring has been working in commercial real estate for about five years now, working with a broker. So she was actually creating offering memorandums. She was putting together the pro formas, digging into taxes and figuring out how to put together a pro forma that a broker would attach to a listing. And so that's almost exactly the work that I was looking for, except I'm looking for it as the investor. So we're taking the broker's information and then doing our own analysis and trying to decide if this is a property we should make an offer on. So she was very experienced with that type of work. Now, a few of the other 
key parameters that you want to be looking at, especially when you're looking at Upwork, is number of hours worked and amount of money that's been earned. So this is something that will be tracked on Upwork and it is something that you can filter for. Of course, the more the better and also ratings that you can be looking at as well. So a lot of times you're going to want to filter these out so that you're really just getting the top candidates because there are a lot of candidates on Upwork who I ended up hiring actually had just gone on to Upwork. So she was very experienced, has been working as a virtual analyst in that type of role for many years, just not through Upwork. And so I did take a little bit of a chance because actually her hours build on Upwork and her amount of money earned on Upwork was under a thousand dollars and under a couple hours. So it's not that she was inexperienced. It's just that she didn't have a lot of experience specifically on Upwork. And so I decided to take a chance here, which that kind of went against some of the recommendations that I had from other investors who are specifically looking for lots of hours and lots of money earned because that shows a track record of success over a long period of time. But I took a chance here based on my interview and the conversation we had, I had confidence that she really knew what she was doing. And after three months, I can say for sure that that was the right decision. And I'm glad I took that chance. So my virtual analyst was able to come up to speed really quickly. Part of the reason that Raquel was able to come up to speed so quickly was that I had done screen recordings of every step of the process with the underwriting so that I could give guidance in that way and didn't have to do it with 100% of my time, like one-on-one. So before she was hired, I ended up recording every step of the process as much as I could to get her started so that I could point her to those videos. And because she's working as an analyst, she does not need to be working on US hours, which would be the night shift in the Philippines. Actually, it works out really well. She's working her daytime, which is overnight for me. So every morning I wake up to a new deal that has been underwritten. But the tricky part there is that obviously I'm not able to be available for her whole shift. So we're really only overlapping for a few hours a day. That means that I have to be very well prepared by having these screen recordings and having them up on the Google Drive and then sharing links with her so that she's able to access these. And I have to be thinking about how can I make sure that she's fully enabled to access all of this information without me there because the last thing I want to do is for her to not know what to do next and then sit there for four hours and then not be able to be productive. So it takes a lot of preparation work. But the biggest thing I think is recording every step of the process and then uploading that to the Google Drive and then providing those links through some means like Slack is what I end up using. And that works really well. Another thing that's been working really well is because we're underwriting in Google Sheets, we're able to tag each other in comments. So every morning I'll wake up with five to 10 comments in my email and then I know exactly where to go look for each of the files that she's been underwriting, which has been fantastic. So she'll just tag me and say, hey, here's something that I'm not sure of, or here's a decision that I made on my own. Please confirm that you agree with this. Or, hey, I found what I think is an error in the formula. Here's what I'm thinking. Should we switch this? So we're able to address the issue exactly where it is in the underwriting file. If you've ever seen these commercial underwriting models, there are multiple tabs. There's a number of cells and equations that are being used. And so it could be really difficult to just try to explain where where the issue is via Slack. So what we've adopted is working directly in the underwriting model and tagging each other in the cell that we're having the challenge or the question. And so it's very easy for us to communicate back and forth and that's worked out really well. So now it's been just over three months since I hired my virtual analyst and we have been able to consistently underwrite one to two deals every single day. So we're usually at somewhere between seven to 10 deals fully underwritten in a week, which is so much more than I would be able to do on my own. And she's doing 
doing this with 20 hours of work a week. So in 20 hours a week, she's able to do seven to 10 deals. Now she is actually much quicker underwriting than I am. But if I was to try to do this and hit those numbers, it would probably be about 25 to 30 hours a week of my time. If I were to spend about 30 hours a week underwriting and analyzing deals, that would really limit the amount of time that I have left for building relationships with owners and brokers and other investors. And so it has really freed me up to focus on those things that I don't think I could really outsource or delegate. So it's been a huge win for me to hire an analyst and to bring an analyst on my team. It certainly came with some challenges. Now I have two virtual assistants and they are working together. So my cold caller, Gene, is also finding deals that meet our criteria on market and then feeding those to Raquel. So now we've got this process that needs to be balanced. And so that was actually a lot more challenging of a task for me to overcome than I anticipated. And so after some time and figuring out how to optimize the process and make it more efficient, we were able to balance that process so that now Gene is able to find the right amount of deals according to what Raquel is able to analyze in a given week. If we don't find enough deals, then Raquel doesn't have something to do. I don't want to be paying for someone to sit there and to do nothing. And she also doesn't want to sit there and do nothing either, right? So that was something that we had to work through and it's taken a lot more time than I anticipated, but now the process is running really smooth and it has been just fantastic. Like I said, now I'm able to analyze somewhere between seven and 10 deals a week, which I would never have been able to do on my own. So if you're interested in potentially hiring a virtual analyst, not really sure where to begin or are just looking for some tips or pointers, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to connect with you and help you out. Or if you're interested in self-storage and not really sure how to do the under writing and would like to learn, feel free to send some deals to us as well. And we can do the underwriting and then we can get on a Zoom call and spend about an hour going through and help you learn what things you want to be looking at, price per square foot, occupancies, unit mix, rent comps, all of these sorts of things. I can help you get up to speed so that you can learn how to do this yourself. Hey, I appreciate you listening to another episode of School of Success. I'm committed to helping others reach their full potential. So if you found value, please leave a five-star rating and review. With that, we can reach more people and help make their dreams come true.